Um, yeah. That, but it was in the bathroom, which was the creepiest room of the whole house. So <laughs> I am like super interested. You know, way home, we almost get hit by a car in LA. Fine, very funny, very good. Um, <laughs> um, take those home. Doors. Uh, one of the doors had um, these black drips going. Uh, I hesitate to say down it because it was actually going across the door. Welcome to the Midnight Lounge Podcast. My name is Desolate Space, and I am your host. I'm also joined here with my co-host. How's it going, Karma? And today we have a very special guest, a pretty good friend of mine um, from the VR space, and he is a photographer, um, I believe a father, uh, and just an all-around nice and fun guy. And uh, his name is Liori. Liori, you want to give a bit about yourself? Nice to meet you, um, or I guess audience. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I do photography as a hobby. Uh, I, I, mostly darkroom. Um, so black and white film. Uh, I have a home darkroom set up, and uh, started that back in uh, university. Uh, I am also uh, a father, as you said. She turns one years old tomorrow. Uh, wow! So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, just chilling. I, I, I definitely am a fan of VR and as you can see, well, I I know that you're, um, you were into pretty big into photography. Um, you, you brought up uh, a couple different stories, um, around, uh, around, uh, small rooms and then chatting about like that. Um, but what, what was the big transition? Uh, or not transition, but but what what um, when you saw VR, I guess for the first time, what was your big like? Ooh, I'm gonna go ahead and drop like a down payment on a car for <laughs> VR headset and you know trackers and and whatnot. Yeah, so it was um, it was something I'd been interested in for a while, and um, I've always loved gaming tech. Um, and uh, just sort of a, a lot of things came together. I had um, I'd been saving up money uh, to move um, to another state uh, to do a job search as a software engineer, and because I had just changed careers, I, I went to university as a film major. Um, and found out I just didn't enjoy the industry, and then um, so I, I I moved to where I am now. Um, started my career and my job search, I was expecting it to take three months. So I had saved up three or four months of, uh, uh, like living expenses. Uh, but it ended up taking only three weeks. So, um, I, I finally had some like free money and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get VR. <laughs> Wait, Oh, can I swear on here? <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck it. I'm going to buy VR. And, uh, at the time it was just a vibe, uh, that was 2017 and, um, Early adopter. Okay. And I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, I, and I'd been using it since, uh, I, I didn't actually find VR chat until, uh, around March, 2020 was when I started really playing, uh, right around quarantine and, yeah. um, good time for it. Yeah, yeah. I I would have just lost my mind if not for VRC because I'm just such an extrovert. Um I would have literally lost my mind through the, the quarantine. Um 
but uh but yeah so it was something really interesting to me and i was also always interested in um i always wanted to have my own game company and so i'd i'd been working on uh making games in my free time and vr was just really cool so i started spending a lot of time learning vr development um and eventually i think last year uh yeah pretty much just before i found vrc I, I I got the index because um, I heard the finger tracking was pretty incredible, and it is. It's uh, especially for a game like VRC, um, and uh, and then I got jealous of my friends having full body, so I uh, <laughs> I ended up uh, getting that as well. So, <laughs> all right, all right. So you mentioned um, in there there was something I I, I caught. Uh... You're you're into de- uh, game development, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I um I have not uh I haven't released anything. I I I made a small game back in 2017. Um, uh, it's only like four levels. It's kind of a platformer, like a 3D platformer. Okay. Um, and it was kind of just to learn Unity. But then I um, what was it? 20 18 maybe towards the end of 2018 yeah i um i met someone online who had put out a demo for a movement system in vr and um i was just i was so impressed by it uh i really liked it so i i messaged him and um and he was interested in possibly working on it together so we um uh we started, you know, talking a lot more, and and I started learning Unreal Engine at that time, because uh, that's what he had originally done it in, and uh, we ended up not going through with it together, uh, which is fine, but um, it but it was a lot of fun, um, just working on that, and um, if you look at my uh, Steam VR uh, time on on um, on Steam, it's like. A third of it is is VR chat, and then the other two thirds is is probably spent just doing uh, game development. Yeah, huh. it it's yeah. funny. I I think the way that it's calculated too for for Steam VR is um, if you're in like the Steam VR home environment, but not in a game, it counts it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your time in a game is counted in that game, because I have uh like really? five thousand hours in VR chat, but like four thousand in Steam. Oh, interesting. I have uh, almost 3,000 hours in... Uh, I probably have 3,000 hours in Steam VR now. So uh-huh. mine may count it a bit differently. Um, I know I haven't sat in the home for 3,000 hours. <laughs> Not even like taking your headset off, you leave it, you come back, you're like, oh, God, I, I left it on. Whoops. <laughs> 3,000 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> well, time adds up. Time adds up, man. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, that's that's crazy. So so more VR game development is what you're looking into rather than like the traditional sit down. Well, both. I um oh, both. okay. Yeah, so I I um I was going to do I was looking into starting a new uh VR game uh just a few months ago actually. And um there's currently some changes in the like Unity ecosystem. And not everything is still fully supported, like index finger tracking um, in Unreal. Uh, so there's a lot of manual stuff you still have to do to get that stuff to work. 
And I kind of just wanted to make a game up and uh, quickly because I hadn't done one in a while. So um, I I was originally looking at VR, but I I might end up pivoting to just like a a more traditional style game. Um, okay. And yeah, what have have you thought about like doing a hybrid of two? I have actually. Um, one of my uh, like one of my the dream games that I want to make. Um, it. It sort of would explore the concept of VR in the game itself. Um, and so it would have you start at your, uh, at your computer, like in the game. And then you would, um, you would like uh, tell it to boot up whatever that virtual reality section of the game was. And then you would actually like go over to your headset and put it on and then you'd be in that part of the game. That's um, kind of cool. That's yeah, like I thought it was a neat idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it'll be cool if I can get that to work. That actually sounds really dope. I, I think it is very possible. Um, I don't know if you know about the other like VR chat clones out there. I think there's... Yeah, um, there's Chill Out VR, Neos VR, and there's, well, those there's are the only two I third, currently know of. Isn't there a third one? I think there's a third one. Um, I forget what it's called. VR, but I don't know if it's intended as a VRC clone. Maybe I forget what it is, but it, it's one of those like kind of those VRC clones, but not really. Um, but it has a, a feature where if you're on desktop, you can launch the VR version in the game. Like, oh, like that's cool. It, yeah, yeah. So that's nice. I, it's very possible that I think that that can be done where you go yeah. over your headset and then you can tell it to you know go back to the desktop mode like in game without having to swap the game out. For and there was a, there was a game I played. Um... <laughs> I forget the name of it, um, but it, it essentially like it's a two-player game where one person sits at the computer, the desktop, and the other person is in VR. And um, it's sort of like this stealth game where the person in VR is trying to um, infiltrate uh, some secure facility, and mm-hmm. the person on the desktop just has like a map view. Um, and okay. so they can warn you about um, potential obstacles uh, around corners or, um, you know, enemies or whatever, cameras. Um, and so they're, like, over the intercom telling you, like, hey, um, there's going to be a camera up ahead. Just wait. Don't go yet. And then, like, you're in there. You're, like, actually in the space. And you can't see the camera around the corner, but, you know, you've, you've got intel. It was pretty mm. cool. It was a neat, um, neat system. So it's like a stealth version of Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. But like, yeah, like something that. like that. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, those are actually kind of cool. Um, where you're kind of forced to, to or not. I guess not forced, but that's the point of the game is to is to uh, cooperate, and interact. Right. Yeah, kind of like in. Um, I think the the only game that I can think of that was the the oldest one to do that was like Portal 2's like co op mode, where mm-hmm. you kind of had to rely. Uh, yeah. God, I I on, loved I love Portal 2's co op. I played the fuck out of that. It was really <laughs> they, they good. They did a really good job with it. They really did, like, yeah. Even even like the menu where you select your missions, mm-hmm. like that like honestly was like the sickest thing ever, in my opinion. They did a really good job. I, I'm just yeah. I I'm hoping that maybe one day there'll be a portal three. I mean it's been long enough, but who 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 can tell? Who can say? Yeah, yeah. that would be amazing. What's really crazy about those games though is they hold like you go to a game from the same era that isn't like Valve, it's a lot of them don't hold up anymore. Like when was Portal? They released? really don't. Yeah, 
when Portal was like 06, 05, maybe? That sounds about right. Yeah? I, don't, I can't, I, I don't, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Like, but around the same era right. that, like, Call of Duty 3. <laughs> you go back there, <laughs> and it's it's just bad. <laughs> right? It's hard to, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Call of Duty 3, it's hard to believe that it's as old as it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I think the only other game that can hold up from those eras is Halo 3, of course. It's dear, near and dear to my heart, near and dear to my heart. <laughs> so has to hold up it's like a, it's like a like i have nostalgia like a, I, I need to sip a nostalgia that, from that game that's how i feel about um uh the some of the half-life series like blue shift that was like one of the first like big games that i actually played growing up and uh i mean excluding battlefield 1942 and quake and all that but like half-life was the first story driven game that i actually played and uh especially blue shift and It'll always like have a place in my heart. If you go back and play it now, if you've never played it when it was, you know, first out, yeah. uh, and you go and play it now, it'll probably seem like such a shit game. But it's it's <laughs> it's honestly for its time, it was a really good game. Can can I tell you something incriminating? Uh-oh. I've never played <laughs> all the way through a Half Life game. Never. Really? I bought wow. Alex. Couldn't couldn't get past. Well, it's not that I couldn't. It's that like. I kind of lost interest around the area where, like, there was the barrel sneak through and you had to shoot the, the explosive <laughs> barrels area, right? I know exactly what part you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> right? I got that far in and I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> I'll come back to it someday. Yeah, I actually never, haven't finished Alex completed. either. I, um, I, I, got, I got into it and I, and, I, and I love the game. I think it's great and um, I want to continue it. I just... Uh, uh, around the same time, oh well, because it was right when I got my index. So around the same time, I, I um, how not to get crucified. I love the game, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, I that's when I found VRC, and then you know that's a rabbit hole that you uh you you don't easily crawl back out of. <laughs> no, dude. I and I'll I'll go on I'll go on paper saying this, and I, I hate VR chat, but I keep coming back. It's like a bad. Oh no shot. no. It is a shitty game. It's um, awful. But it's terrible. no, it's horrible. <laughs> but it's it's um it is not the VR uh meetup game that we deserve. It's just the one we have right now. It's the one we have. Yeah. <laughs> so the and and ones. I'm I'm very hopeful for um chill out VR. I I really love the platform so far. I I've heard um some negative stuff about the the devs, but you know, that's that's sort of secondhand, so um, there's plenty of negative stuff about the VRC devs as well. So, um, oh yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll see what shakes out. Did I tell you um, about the time I had a weird audio bug in VR chat, which wasn't the mm. audio bug that everyone else was getting, by the way. This was strictly a Unity-based bug, um, where if it doesn't like the audio device that you're choosing as your default device on your computer, mm-hmm. it will lock your frame rate at like seven or twelve FPS. What? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. And I found this out, tweeted the devs, and they're like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, they're, um, they, they really fucking hate, um, any sort of. They didn't actually say go fuck yourself. That's basically what they said. Yeah, essentially, you know. I mean, I mean, I, I'm friends with some of the, um, uh, the modding community. And, um, you know, recently VRChat just banned all the modders that they could find. Yeah. 
and then of course they're like the mods make the game um better better <laughs> or or playable it, it 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 adds features that the game itself needs like being able to limit dynamic bones like I finally if your chat has added part of that but yeah. um like it just usability features that were very lacking and um and vrc banned all of them so of course um everybody was fucking pissed and their discord blew up for like rockstar approach and just been like hey you're really good let's get you on the team instead um, of saying well that's what they should have done yeah but instead you know so two days of their discord you know bitching about it and finally they they un they unban the modders and they release a statement that's like hey modding is still not okay but you know we still really want your money so we're gonna let you have we're, we're not gonna ban these people but you know it's still not okay to mod <laughs> see so, that's a big as and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be flat out honest with you um as a fellow developer i'm sure you know this as well and you mentioned it with like you know the whole rockstar thing and everything but what they really should be doing in this situation is they it's almost like analytics right why do we record analytics right what, what is the point of analytics it's so, so we, we can, know what the user wants exactly and we can approve upon that with our right. development team so in, in reality what they need to be doing is they need to be getting in contact with these people that are modding see why they're doing it and why it's bettering their experience in the game and then implementing it directly in like they'd be getting so much more praise from people if they did that yeah. oh absolutely but um you, again from what i've heard my contacts in the modding community they um they said that they're in talks with the modding community and um all of that from what i hear is essentially bullshit um they're they've they've told the modders that um if they find any bugs, this is how they can report them. But other than that, they have not um, given any information to the modding community that um, has been useful at all. Yeah, I, they always. Point I to hope the to God VR Chat doesn't cannon. fucking ban me for saying these things on, on podcast. <laughs> that would suck. That would also be very controversial. Uh, it would. It would. Yeah, uh, sort of like banning modders, but you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're in in retrospect right now. You're not modding. Wink. No, I you're just I am not a... and have have never been a modder. <laughs> you're, but um, you're just using a uh, Udon available avatars 3.0 feature uh, that was exactly. that you bought. Yeah, which is the camera, right. you know, yes. add-on. And just to kind of you know soften it up a little bit, it's not like what it, what 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 is it? I think the tequila is getting to my brain. Uh -huh. <laughs> um. You're almost there. No, I'm not. I completely <laughs> lost it. No. Well, on, on that vein, uh, cheers. Cheers, oh, cheers indeed, yes. Nice. It actually sounds really good right now. I'd much rather that than this tequila right now. But um, <laughs> on, on that note, I was actually, I just, it just popped into my brain. The tequila saved me. Thank you. Um, ah, there you go. The, you also got to remember, I don't necessarily hold it to a lot of the developers and, and everything that are part of VRChat. Because think about the community that they host. It's a very wide variety of persons. Yeah, it's very broad, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So they probably get so much crap on a daily basis. So oh, much coming in constantly. Absolutely. And it's probably really hard for them to maintain like what's legitimate and what's just bullshit from yeah. different communities. Yeah. So, you know, can't really hold it to them, but 
come on like it wouldn't be hard to to improve and 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 uh to be fair um i don't think it's necessarily the developers it's probably more management but yeah the red guy himself (laughs) (laughs) you know they they always said that red was the color of evil right you don't want to be on the red team <laughs> well, <whoa. laughs> but um, but yeah, no. With 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 that being said, though, um, I do I do want to backtrack a bit because you mentioned um at the very beginning of the pod, or actually before the podcast started, um, that uh, the name the name that that you chose for the podcast was uh, what was it? Midnight Lounge. The Midnight Lounge. <laughs> you said there was a there was a story there. A little bit. So okay. uh, you asked me what the, the podcast should be named. And literally just the other week, um, I spent a few hours with my uh, with the members of my Discord server trying to... We were rebranding our server. And so we were trying to come up with a new name for it. And, oh my god, literally hours. It, we finally came up with a great name, the Midnight Lounge. Um, but it's just... It, and there was... A discussion that we had um where we had uh we were trying to decide between just midnight lounge or the midnight lounge and one of um my dutch friends said that uh it should be midnight lounge because and he, he specifically used the example of saying like um it would be weird saying welcome to the the Midnight Lounge podcast. Um, it would make much more sense saying welcome to the Midnight Lounge podcast. And so we sort of explained that in, in English. We, um, we, just, we would say welcome to the Midnight Lounge podcast anyway. But because of that story, it's all I have stuck in my head. So <laughs> Okay. Welcome all to right. the Midnight Lounge podcast. <laughs> welcome to the Midnight Lounge podcast. It, it, does, it, is, it is a good... Uh, <laughs> It is a good. Uh, it does have a good ring to it. A good ting, ting yeah. ring to it. That's funny. Literal hours, though. You know. Yeah. The, yeah. The, it took the, way too long. <laughs> then you want to know how the the naming convention for the for our podcast went? What? <laughs> he just straight up laughed. <laughs> I said we're calling it the podcast. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> no feedback. <laughs> we're calling it the podcast. <laughs> and somebody was like oh like the official podcast no we're not official we're just the podcast (laughs) just just the podcast a podcast yeah the one and only the first one was the the gloop lorp right yeah because we're we're having people uh name it and then it was what was after that uh amogus the amogus and then mommy milkers and then mommy milkers yeah (laughs) big mommy milkers big mommy milkers Milkers. podcast yeah Mm -hmm. um and so now we have the Midnight Lounge podcast. It, 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 it became a thing. So you can tell your Dutch friend, thank you. <laughs> we, we've stolen oh, it. I will, I will be showing him this. <laughs> we we stole it for an episode. All right. Now, we, we uh, to transition a bit, we, we did take a look at some of your photography. Um, I, yeah. Which is amazing, by the way. It is, it is pretty dope. Yeah. So I, I do have a, a question about a couple of them. Because I, when I okay. see them, I'm like, Wow, these are really good. But also, something does catch my eye, and I'm a little interested in the mm. second set of photos that you sent me. Yes. With the 
the guy in the in the tuxedo and yes. the um I guess it's like the the face mask the that mask was on sale the, in the beginning the, of March. The respirator, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then uh there seems to be a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. You wanna you wanna walk us through the story on that or if, if there's any kind of like So who, yeah, who so, is this man? We're very curious. Uh, so it's not a specific character or anything. This was um Let's see. This was during my. It was, I believe, it was my senior year, college. Uh, it was, it was my sort of final in photography, um, and we were sort of given like carte blanche to um, uh, come up with um, a photography set. And for this one, I, I wanted something that is sort of told a narrative. And I had this, <laughs> I actually had a dream um, with this uh, sort of uh, the character you mentioned in, a, uh, in, the, in the photos. And so I sketched him out later. And I'm sure it was highly, um, uh, what's the word? Um, I mean, it's somewhat derivative of uh, Marble Hornets, Slender Man. Uh, you know, with, with the suit and uh -huh. and no face, um, and so I'm I'm sure that was my dream was influenced by Marble Hornets in that way because I had also been watching it around that time as well, um, but um, but I figured I would just go with it. It would be fun to do, and so um, but it was also this class was also somewhat um like uh an opportunity for experimentation. So I, you'll notice the, the photos are very like grungy and they even have like scratches in it and, and there's ink all over them as well. Yeah. So um, what I did to produce those photos was the um, first, of course, you have to get uh, a very good photo to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. It's on film. So, um, so I, I, I would do the photo set. And then I developed the film in in the lab in the darkroom, and then I would do fiber prints. Uh, so there's two types of um, film prints that you can use. Uh, one is uh, RC, uh, which is resin coated paper, and it's sort of like this. Um, uh, it has almost a plasticky feel to it, but it's it's very glossy. Uh, Which you is can pretty get it standard, right? As well. Yeah, yeah. So that's the standard yeah. is of what you think of as photo paper. But then there's also fiber paper, which is um, it's it's like a thick fiber um, which has the um, emul emulsion embedded in it, so it's it's photosensitive. Um, and I love working with fiber paper. It's it's a little more um, difficult to work with, but um, it gives it's just a really nice nice depth of photos. Um, so so I printed them on on fiber paper and then I just started messing with it. Um so one of the things I messed with was um uh bending the mm. uh, like cre uh using creases. I love and that by the way. Yeah, I I, I, I was so was happy crease. with how it turned out that I ended it up keeping that. Um and um so that was one of the things um there was also uh i so my initial sketches uh, around that time i was doing a lot of sketches in ink um 
using a, a fountain pen. And I wanted to experiment with, you know, okay, how would this look if I sort of did both? I had the photo, but then I also went over it in ink and maybe added some touches and details that I wouldn't have been able to get otherwise. And so um, I was able to get sort of like a um, almost hybrid, like uh, comic book-esque style from it by going over in ink and adding like um, drips of uh, or splatterings Mm. of ink um, into it. Um, Let's see. What were some of the other things I did? Um, It did need a lot of... um, uh darkroom work so um the actual prints themselves i would do an initial print and then i'd uh, i'd take it out into the light and i'd look like okay well this area is a bit dark uh this area is a bit light so i need to dodge these areas and burn these areas and and then so i'd go back in and i i I had a notebook that i took notes on everything um and so it, it was a lot of time just like getting the perfect print um uh down to a science and then once i had that i could reproduce it and then i could mess with it um in the experimentation as much as i wanted to um so it was it was a very fun process i really enjoyed it nice okay and i i you know you you said something that because i'm I'm a digital artist so stuff that um usually uh i'll mess with is not like stuff like dark rooms and stuff like that even Mm -hmm. though that's like super duper cool um you you mentioned dodge and burn. Now I've yeah. I've seen that on like yes. Photoshop. So you'll see those in like Photoshop. Like the term yeah, originally what exactly comes, is that? Yeah, so the term originally comes from darkroom photography. So dodging is um you want an area to be lighter in the final uh outcome. So uh typically what you do so how a print is made, you have your negative, it goes into um, what's called a, a an enlarger or photo enlarger. Um, there's a slide that it goes into, and it's basically just a projector. Um, and it, it projects light through the image down onto uh, a plane in which you would have your, um, uh, you'd have like your easel with, with photo paper in it. And so you, you can focus this, um, and we use, um, uh, it's essentially like a lens with a, a mirror to like get the focus really perfect. Um, and then um, there's a timer attached to uh, this thing. And, and the, the enlarger also, it, it has an aperture as well. So you can um, decrease the amount of light coming out. You can increase the light. If you have a color enlarger like I do, you can, um, you can change the contrast of the image by messing with the color filters. Uh, and then there's also uh, multi-contrast filters that you can uh, use as well. Um, but essentially, um, you let's say you've you've figured out that um, uh, 10 seconds is is a good amount of time for this uh, this image. Uh-huh. But but this one area over here is too dark, and you want to lighten it up. Well, what you would do is you might cut out like a circle on some cardboard and attach like a thin wire to it that you can hold and then and that's and that's why the the icon for dodging looks like a circle with a line on it um you would hold this circle and you would sort of like uh move it over the area to block the light 
Um, but you need to keep it moving, otherwise you'll get a sharp circle and you'll get that that wire coming off of it. So you just you keep it moving, and um, it will prevent light from hitting the the paper in those areas, um, which causes a lighter image in the end. And burning okay. is is sort of the opposite. You might have a piece of paper with a hole cut in it, and um, and then you might burn a certain area for an additional number of time. Now, usually um, we'll do stuff a little more advanced than just using like a circle or a hole. We might mm. um, we might print the image, and then we might actually cut the shape that we want for that area. Like, let's say you took a photo of some mountains, mm. and the mountains are a bit dark and the sky is a bit light, so there's a nice hard edge there. So um, you could cut that out and then specifically burn or dodge those areas as well. I have a wow. quick question. Then. You said that yeah. you, can, you can cut out any image, right? And, and I, I know this is a bit of a goofy question, but I would, I would love to know the answer. If you were to cut out... Now, now is, there, is there certain materials that light will go through less? So you can, let's say, have a specific image cut out, but then you have like another thing on there that'll burn lighter than the other one yeah so it depends on the material um yeah so i can, sorry can what's you, okay so what's your question <laughs> no problem <laughs> can you essentially have an image that you're going to develop uh-huh. and then cut out like let's say like the among us guy all right <laughs> yeah and then have like the visor and everything and then have the whole image burn like just the among us guy in there Oh, you could absolutely do that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, another thing I was working on in my final was um, I I wanted a way to take a photo and film. So so this was after I had done the um, the stuff with the ink, and I was mm-hmm. thinking, you know, it'd be really cool if I could go one step further, do these photos analog, but edit them digitally before the print. And so what I what I uh, attempted to do was um, take the photos and film. I would uh, develop those that that film strip. Then I um, we had a we had a pretty um, beefy film scanner at the university. Um, I accidentally cranked the settings up one time, and I ended up with like 200 megapixel photos. Um, that took up way too much space, <laughs> but. Um, uh, but so I, I scanned them, brought them into my computer, and I started working on a way that I could print these photos onto, um, oh gosh, what's it called? It's a, uh, you remember those overhead projectors from like when we were kids and in school? Yeah. 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 So that like um, the plastic sheeting, Melamar, I think it's called. Um, I wanted to print a negative onto that and then use that in the darkroom as sort of like a large piece of film that I could do a contact print with, just shine yeah. light down onto it. And um, there were some issues with the contrast, but I got it pretty close. And yeah, I found that you can absolutely um, do that. So you could totally <laughs> print out the Amogus guy on some of this Melamar and then uh, you know, have him superimposed in your your analog <laughs> film image. <laughs> that sounds amazing. There's also a way you could do it before you even got to the do you, do dark you room. Take, 
Do you take film commissions by chance? Picture commissions. You said you mentioned I, film background. I have not, but um I we could talk about it. <laughs> you know, I would I would kill for uh, a picture of a mountain with just the Among Us guy burnt into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That would be absolutely hilarious. I would love Hell that. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you can be done in 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 digital and be like right. its own thing. And th- so there I was actually like- be an easier way to do that. Uh, you could just do a double exposure. Um, double exposures are where you um, you take one image, you take a photo of one image, um, usually at like half the um, exposure, and then but you don't advance the film to the next. Um, bot uh and then you take another image right on top of the previous one again usually at half exposure and so what you end up is like the 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 actual film film cameras yes yes and so you could you could do it in a way where you took a photo of the amogus guy um and then you just didn't uh advance the reel and then took a photo of the mountains and the amogus guy would be wherever you had him in the first image. Well, I was thinking, like, the mountains would be the outline. Like, the Amogus guy would, would definitely take over, like, the rest would be black. Um, and then all you can see are the mountains, sure, but in the shape of the Amogus guy. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that would be doable. Maybe a little more difficult, but doable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that, that, sounds, that sounds awesome. Um, honestly, like, darkroom photography, I think we... we um, we actually had a photography class back in high school, but I never took it, and I'm I'm kind of kicking myself now because <laughs> I, you know, getting into like YouTube and stuff and wanting to do more cinematic things, I bought nice cameras, but like, what the fuck is it exposure? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? What do these numbers mean? And it's not yes. a quote from Black Ops One. Like I'm looking at half the shit, right? And it's yeah, like there's, FN, there's a ton you can learn yada, yada. about it. So. Um... Especially when, uh, so the camera mod we mentioned earlier um, that I'm using in VRC right now. The reason that I'm, you know, nice, sharp, and focused, and the background out here is all blurry, the normal camera doesn't work like that. Um, but it, it's a it's a property of cameras when you when you open up the exposure to let, mm. or sorry, open up the aperture to let more light in. Um, focus. Um, it creates a shallower depth of field. So the area where that is in focus is very narrow and everything outside of that becomes blurred like this. Um, now okay. if I, I change it over to there. Um, operating with me right now. Locked onto me, but you get yeah. the idea. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, I, I've known for a long time that uh, DSLRs are like better than digital just because that's what everyone totes. Right. Um, right. I'm assuming it's for a very similar reason as to why like normal film cameras is because you have a sensor that just eats the light and then like transmits that image into data. I'm assuming. Is that? Yeah. So with a traditional film camera camera, um, those are SLRs. So single lens reflex cameras. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, or at least as long as you're not using something like very old, uh, like a vintage camera or something. Yeah. Um, so essentially what happens is um, when you're looking through the viewfinder, 
there's a little mirror in the camera that um, you look through the viewfinder, it bounces off the mirror, and it um, goes, um, you know, out the lens. And so, um, or I suppose the other way around. Um, and then when you actually take the photo, that mirror flips up and uh, the shutter opens and closes. Yeah. Um, and behind the shutter is the film. And so the film is, uh, on one side of it, it has a photosensitive emulsion. Um, and uh, it's basically coated in silver halides. So anywhere that light hits, um, it reacts with the silver halides. And then when you develop it, um, it converts the exposed silver halides into uh, metal silver. And that's the areas on the film that are black. Uh, the areas that aren't exposed um, when you uh, end up uh, developing and then fixing the film, that part gets washed away. Okay. Um, yeah. And so DSLRs um, essentially mimic uh, how SLRs work, but instead of using film, they just have photosensitive sensors. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so essentially it'd be the same, kind of the same thing, except it's all translated into digital before. Yes. Instead yeah. of like having to do Lightroom stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly the same, except uh, you end up with a digital. Um, well, okay, not exactly the same because you know there are some differences in terms of uh, dynamic range in film mm -hmm. versus digital, but you know the cameras are getting better and better digitally, so you know. Um, yeah. So, would you consider consider yourself a fil a film purist? Like you would only like be able to take photos on physical film and and do them yourself? Not necessarily. Um, I just I love to work with film, and I mm. love the way film has this very like dreamlike quality about it, and different different. Uh, brands of film have different um, qualities to them. So like a Kodak Tri-X is uh, going to be pretty grainy, um, uh, but it's like, it's, it's not like a low quality grain. It's just, um, it has a different look to it than something like uh, uh, Ilford, which is, has more like a soft quality to it. Whereas with okay. digital, you don't usually get too much. You don't usually get the grain. It's just sort of, the exact image so um i definitely wouldn't consider myself a purist i've considered getting a dslr but i um i just i don't know i just love being in the dark room and i love uh there's something about film where is it more satisfying i think it is be yeah, yeah because it's sort of like you have to make every shot count because um if you're buying film then you might only get um Gosh, I don't remember how many used to have. Like maybe twelve to twenty-four. Like, yeah, twenty-four. Um, I had an old Minolta, and the cap was twenty-four, I believe. Yeah, so I I load my own film now, uh, so I can get usually around thirty, thirty-two, um, on a reel. But um, but yeah, every like each exposure is money, so <laughs> you got to yeah, make it okay. count. Yeah. So it's the difference between having like let's say infinite ammo in a video game versus having. Right. You know, like, I'm going to go to a range and shoot 30 bullets for, you know, essentially like 50 bucks. Right. And that's part of the reason why, if possible, I always recommend someone who's interested in, um, if they're wanting to learn photography, like, well, 
I always recommend they start with film because um, you, it's like in, in digital in a way, it's sort of like uh, it has training wheels on. But when you, you go to the film, you're sort of forced to learn, okay, like why, why is this this way? Why is this this way? Because again, every shot is, every, every shot is money and you got to make it count. You're you're kind of going to like the root as well, because like right. a lot yeah. of the terms for DSLRs, like when you like for instance exposure and like or like ISO, you know aperture, um, a lot of like with DSLRs, like a lot of that is kind of like simulated. When you use actual right. film, exactly, it's like you're you're going to the root. You're you know you're starting from the yeah. beginning to see how it all so, is put together. Yeah, so like ISO in terms of digital, um. It, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure how that works because it doesn't make a ton of sense. So ISO in terms of film is how how quickly the film um, uh, reacts to light. So uh, Kodak Tri-X, for example, has a standard ISO 400, um, which means it's a, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty standard film. Um, mm. It's not too fast, not too slow. But um, what I like to do is I'll, I'll push uh, the film, which means I underexpose the film, um, but then I overdevelop it. And so it might be a 400 ISO film, but I'm shooting at like 3200 ISO. Um, okay. and, and again, that doesn't really translate to digital as well um, because there's no like development stage in, in digital photography but it's the term that was brought over right right exactly but it's the term that is brought over very interesting stuff i i i'm actually really jealous i i've never i've always been interested um my father was a photographer and oh, uh really yeah and and uh mm. i um, i actually mentioned earlier i i got the a film camera with yeah I, yeah Loved. I still have some developed film. I, I'll need to find it. <laughs> I don't know where it's at, but uh, <laughs> it. Uh, I miss it, and and I've always wanted to learn the development process. You know, I've I've always been a big fan of like watching people on YouTube developing film and stuff like that. It yeah. seems very therapeutic. Is it like therapeutic for you? Do you enjoy? I it? like. Is it- I absolutely think so. So I um. I maybe I'm just weird. I don't know, but I yeah. some of my favorite times in college were um just working in the dark room. And I would um there were literally days where I'd go into the dark room um excuse me, that's dog. Um I'd go into the dark room uh gosh, around like maybe 11 in the morning. And, um, by the time I, I, I left, it was dark outside. Um, and yeah. And, um, I just, I loved it. Um, and there's, I don't know. It's this, this combination of, um, technical ability, um, uh, to paired with, uh, creativity. Which is why I ended up loving software engineering so much. Um, a lot of people think it's it's just like the technical side. There's actually a lot of creativity in it as well. So, 
tracking uh, tracking back a little bit you mentioned uh, software engineering right now and 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 you know creativity and all that right you were uh saying earlier that you were um you know, you're interested in like the game development yeah stuff and 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 you're working with unity or not unity uh unreal currently you're learning unreal and all that uh so i i learned uh unreal somewhere around 2018 2019 um oh okay so i i've used both uh currently i'm i'm using unity more um mm. but i i actually really like unreal as well do you so the reason why i brought it up is do you do you you get that kind of like creativity flow sense where you know you do more like programming do you visual or are you like kind of like a multimedia type or um do you get that same kind of feeling with photography you think Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I I'm sort of a renaissance guy, so I have a lot of different hobbies, um a lot of interests, but the interests that I usually stick with are ones that I um you can get into that sort of flow state where you're just like um it's not so much even you anymore. It's just like um you're doing the thing. And and you kind of forget like I'll forget about needing to eat and all this other stuff and I'll just I'll just do the thing <laughs> and then yeah. by the time I come out of the dark room it's night. <laughs> You're like yeah, it's I been totally five minutes. That. Why is the sun gone? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back in the I day, understand that. Um, when I did digital artwork, I or back when I uh, like before like getting into an office job, I would have those days where I would actually. Um, pull off like I, I used to stream artwork ages ago um and and i would do like 15 20 hour streams of me just drawing and then it's like oh what it's time to what <laughs> yeah, the sun is up <laughs> it's dark <laughs> what yeah so i totally get that i totally get that when yeah. you get those creative juices flowing and like you're just in the zone dude you just can't pull yourself out like, i get that 100 percent. yeah that's so, um it- Sorry, my oh, um, my dog keeps bugging me. So, uh, you mind if I just let him outside real quick? No problem. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll be right back. Kurt Kerma wanted to, to to ask some questions regarding game development. He oh. he himself is uh, working on uh, a game, and he 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 is like getting into the game industry as an indiv- independent developer. Um, and so yeah, I'll let I'll let Kerma take the wheel here if he has. Uh, yeah, some. yeah. So. I am when it was first brought up I was just kind of interested to see you know where the conversation was going but uh yeah I I myself I actually work with uh one other person so we're a two man team um and uh we're currently working on a um it's kind of like a hybrid game so it's an FPS fusion with uh, RTS so it's uh, going to be colony based zombie survival um open Ooh. world type situation okay um and uh you you brought up uh like unity and unreal engine and and all of that um are you so i i just kind of wanted to touch bases again with what you were talking about before are you still currently working on a game are you still uh i i I don't have a game currently in the works i'm sort of like between um Mm -hmm. and and um uh I haven't like released any games. It's mostly just been small projects uh, that I've been working mm. on, mostly to like learn Unity and Unreal more, 
and um get to the point where i i do eventually uh release a um an actual game okay uh, where where do you that, uh, like you know when you do I'm, plan on moving forward with the game do you do you plan on you know making it public anywhere are you gonna you plan on oh, using absolutely. like a steam steam green light or anything like that yeah so um i'll probably uh go through steam for sure um i know uh, some platforms are also really helpful like good old games uh you a lot more of the percentage goes to the developer um and but yeah like steam is just yeah it's 30 percent. and then on top yeah. of that um if you're using unreal it's it's an it's another five percent and uh if you're using unity and you make uh over a certain amount then you know they'll take a cut as well oh so, yeah everybody's got their hand unless, on the pot but <laughs> unless you upgrade i know i know unity they have a whole package system to where if you're actually making more than like a hundred thousand off a game then you have to like upgrade or they right. do take a percentage yeah yeah so it's free until your game makes over a hundred thousand a hundred thousand or more or something like that how do how, how would they track that would your game the, would the only reason they would know it is because your game got popular or how would they uh they i'm sure i'm sure their um their unity engine has some sort of built-in analytics that um yeah. they can uh, that will report back to Unity. <laughs> oh, okay. It, that would Yikes. not. I'm I'm unaware, but that would not surprise me if they did have some sort of analytic <laughs> system. Yeah. If uh, any companies out there that do not take analytics, shame on you. <laughs> right. Because and if you are a really using a software and you think that um the the analytics are not getting reported to you, uh somebody, you're wrong. Yeah, (laughs) I used to work for a financing company, and the amount of analytics that we took from just like the smallest things, I'm sure, is uh, it's pretty crazy. A lot of people, a lot of people don't know the kind of information that's out there. (laughs) Do they know what I googled uh, this morning? What's that? Do they know what I googled this morning? Oh, guaranteed. Your internet (laughs) service provider knows what you googled this morning. Oh no. Um, but, uh, yeah, going, going back to games, um, do you, I, I'm, I'm curious cause I know from what you've talked about with, um, like photography and everything, it does seem kind of like more or less like a hobby. Um, do you, do you intend, cause for me, for instance, I am going in the game industry for, you know, it's mostly because it's something that I enjoy and that I'm willing to actually have as a career i know some people with certain things they don't want a certain profession that they have to go towards a career because then it kind of like demolishes the the kind of respect they have for it um do you feel that similar way towards like game development or even photography for that fact would you ever make a career out of either of the two so photography is easier to answer um I that's more just a hobby for me. Like I said, I I I went to university for film, um, but I found out quickly afterwards that I um I just did not like the industry. It it was really there's so much competition that it ends up boiling down to who you knew rather than what you knew, um, and and yeah, it was very that frustrating. Is a fact. That is a fact. I have a buddy who works as a lighting technician in Hollywood. Yeah. And 
his jobs, the, the only reason he gets the jobs that he does is because of the people that he knows. It's not right. what he knows. You're exactly right. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I loved film. I was damn good at what I did. But I, I could see the signs that I had to be either real, real lucky or I had to know people. And uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to p- play luck with my career, my life, um, which is why I eventually uh, did the career change. Um, with uh, with game development, on the other hand, I would say it's it's currently, um, I don't know, it's kind of a mix. It's currently I'm working on it in sort of a a hobbyist. Um, uh, amount i suppose uh or context but the end goal would absolutely be that i develop the skills uh needed to um i i would love to one day have my own um game studio i guess that would sort of be the dream because that combines you know several of my passions uh software engineering for sure i love but i've also just loved um you know film is storytelling and, and games is just another method of storytelling and uh but games are also interactive which is really awesome i nice. feel involved and incorporated and yeah yeah especially with you know the wonderful world of vr where you can literally be in the game <laughs> for sure yeah i mean so you said your, your first your first vr headset i know this is just kind of backtracking a bit your first mm-hmm. one was a vibe right yes so you, you haven't OG actually vibe. experienced the the bad, ugly, of VR though. Say again. So you haven't actually experienced like the bad and the ugly of VR, like the headset, uh, the hardware. No, one, not necessarily. Guys. Not really. I mean, I do remember when I got the headset. I was a little disappointed in the resolution and you know the the god rays and the the um absolutely uh, the screen door effect. I dogged on the original Vive so hard because I yeah. came from an Oculus. Now, if you know the, how the Oculus is built, there is like a diffusion filter on the panel, so any like screen door was it was still there if you looked for it, but essentially the LEDs would bleed into the areas that were between, creating yeah. like a like a, uh, a kind of like a, a kind of I guess you would say a God Ray effect or something like some like like a bleed in. So there's a bit it was a bit blurrier when it came to resolution yeah but at least the leds would bleed into where the screen door would right be. yeah and so going over um i personally had my own like tear up journey through yeah to vr because the first vr headset like proper vr headset that wasn't like google cardboard or whatnot that i owned was the oculus rift dk1 wow development kit <laughs> one i bought i bought it off my high school teacher for like wow. 150 bucks oh, right oh yeah because he had gotten himself like the cv or not uh, the uh the dk2 at okay. the time the cv wasn't out so i tried it tried a couple of vr games by the way at the time i was running like a gt710 so <laughs> like i think eventually i moved up to like a radeon something or other that was slightly better like a like a like a 460 or some shit like that but uh i don't know it was a gtx 750 ti that uh, i had borrowed from my high school so (laughs) um 
but uh but yeah i used that with the with the the card and that was my first taste of vr like ages oh, yeah. ages ago i had the big ass briefcase and everything i don't remember what happened to it. i might have sold it i don't know um okay. yeah but it's uh the first taste of vr was was just that that big ass fucking <laughs> square screen on my face and and that was cool and you know months past the cv1 releases um i eventually get my hands on not the oculus but the um it was the lenovo uh windows mixed reality headset oh yeah yeah yeah. i remember when that came out yeah yeah and it's the one with the halo strap and it's like the the the, the light whatever's right and i got it like every vr headset i've owned has been used because I do not want to pay <laughs> that much. I don't think they're worth as much as they they're they're they sell for. Honestly, I don't think they're worth. I think they're worth maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars less. Now the the Quest Two is the only one where I was like, yeah, that's definitely worth the money. Three hundred bucks, absolutely, right? I, I, I guess um, it depends on um yeah how much you're uh, you're putting into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the only thing I bought new VR wise, I guess, were the index controllers and then mm-hmm. the the pucks but even then a couple months later i lost one of my pucks i don't know how i think like the cleaning lady came in and just fucking thought oh this small little piece of plastic must be trash tossed it (laughs) right (laughs) um and i bought used pucks off of somebody the ones i have now (laughs) and i paid like 150 for like a a set of three with like track straps and whatnot so not too bad um but yeah no to go back to what i was saying um so it was the lenovo one first and that was my first introduction into VR, uh, and I call it, I always call it the gateway drug, because that was mm. when I got into VR chat. Um, uh. Back when I had the the Lenovo, the beginning <laughs> of the end, the beginning of the <laughs> five thousand almost five hundred hours in this fucking game wow. is the worst. Yeah, and I remember it was back when like the Avatar corridors were like brand new. Um, and it was just after the Knuckles invasion. So you, you started back in what, 2017? 20, uh, end of 2018. End of 2018. Okay. Yeah. Like I think U2s had just dropped. No, it was way before U2s dropped the, uh, the, the dead meme one. I think it was like a couple months before. Cause I think, um, U2s didn't exist when I first joined VR chat. Okay. Um, and then after like a couple months or like six months or whatever, YouTube's popped up. They're like, "Hey, here's dead meme," and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's the Knuckles meme. I want it." Never got it. Now they they're on StockX for like so much. <laughs> I was I was honestly uh, surprised that um, VRC came out in 2017, which is the same year I bought my Vive, um, but I didn't find VRC at that time. And and I remember specifically like um, just looking through steam's vr list at just all the games to see um what was available because i i just i i got i got the headset and i wanted to try everything out um but no i i didn't find vrc until beginning of um uh the covid yeah. when i i upgraded to an index and i sort of did did it again where i was like oh well i want to see you know what games uh would be good yeah we were you like straight up like when when you first got your uh, your vibe you were like okay I'm gonna get like super hot I'm gonna get Gorn I'm gonna get Beat Saber was it like those kind of games that you were playing? So I did eventually get um, 
Beat Saber and Super Hot, but I I don't think those, those were, were like when the I first got. Those are like the live. games to get. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're, absolutely. We're like um, funny. No, I, I, I got list. I only own Beat Saber. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, I got actually. You know what? I don't know if I have Super Hot VR because I haven't I haven't played it. I have Super Hot and I have Super Hot the the reloaded one second one um yeah. but i i haven't played in vr so i th- i think it's a separate game um yeah, it's a separate game. but i um i definitely have beat saber i've played the fuck out of beat saber um yeah, yeah. beat saber's um, grown too it has absolutely i played it this morning actually funny enough i woke really? up yeah i woke up in vr <laughs> of course. <laughs> um and um what I've noticed is I don't know if there was a Steam update that did this or if they just do this. The controllers they turn off after a certain amount of time of inactivity, which is great for battery like saving. <laughs> and so I like, turn on the controllers and I had like three things of battery left. I'm like, oh okay, sweet. Let's uh let's play some Beat Saber and just hang out. <laughs> so um but yeah, no. Um with with the games, uh kind of go back I, I keep i keep derailing somehow my, my adhd brain i kind of um, helped with that one sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all of us here <laughs> so it was first the lenovo and i wasn't into like like at the time i would say um like my my first like prominent avatar that i can remember was like a braxen it's like that 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 braxen with like the stick that you can twirl um, but very, very old. I think it's from Avatar Corridors. Mm. Um, or Al, I think it's Al's Avatar Corridor, something like that. Some, some original Avatar map. Um, and then eventually, um, I, was, I was so much into the... Um, one of the things that I had that made me upgrade from the Lenovo was the fact that it didn't have physical movable um, uh, pupillary distance. Um, ah. what the fuck it's called? Right, I'm thinking right. of DPI, uh, but that's not that's not right. It's IPD uh, interpupillary distance. Yes, IP. It didn't have a physical IPD slider. It just had like you turn it up and it does it digitally. Um, <laughs> I have astigmatism, <laughs> so oh, it didn't work at all. Wow. Yeah. So no. so I would have to like dead focus in the center, and I would always <laughs> notice the rings, and like it was so. Not like like I would if I had to have if I was having fun then sure I wouldn't notice the rings all that much but like there was a lot of blur on the outside yeah and I'm like you know what I'm gonna go for the Oculus because my buddy got it has an Oculus and you can physically slide it so I bought uh used I bought the Oculus Rift um the consumer version one and I taped <laughs> the I I I didn't buy the um the wall mounts but I just I taped them. Wall, <laughs> the, the sensors, some command strips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I basically, actually, no. Uh, I had double-sided tape, and I covered the whole bottom ah. of the, the thing, and went pop, <laughs> and it stuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I, I had those for the longest time, and I had like a super long, like 3.0 extension cord because they used 3.0 for some fucking mm. reason. Um, even though, um. Not even like the tracker dongles use 3.0 for the Vive, so it's obviously not needed. It was like yeah. too much for what it is. Um, but essentially, that was when my my first I would say my first 2,000 hours in VR were with the um with the Rift, and then wow. eventually 
I think the cable, the cable gave on me and it took forever to get a new cable. I bought a Ooh, cable damn. directly from Oculus. It was like 80 bucks and it took absolutely forever to get there because they sent it through DHL and it was like stuck in a DHL warehouse for like a week. <laughs> I'm like, bro, it took me three weeks to get the fucking cable. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, why don't they just fucking saw it on Amazon? What's so fucking like, right? Like, I don't know. They're, they're just fucking stupid. Um, eventually, everyone was getting full body around that time. Like, literally everyone and their mom was getting full body. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and you, it was only working with the, uh, the Vive at the time and i think the the there was a program that was out that was very early at the time um which allowed you to use it the the trackers on the uh the rift s or the sorry not the s but the rift right um and at the time um you you still needed to i think you still do but you, you needed to get like the base stations and stuff too so um i was like okay my friends have full body. Some of them have an Oculus and use the like the, the tracker thing, the program, whatever it is. I went and I, I found a used base station, a couple used base. I think it was two that I bought that were used. Um, so it wasn't as expensive. Um, one of them, uh, I actually have funny enough, had my coworker drive me down to LA to get, um, because way before I had my license, I was like, Hey, right, help me go get a thing. In LA, I swear I won't kill you, <laughs> right? And we drove out there. I got it. I, I guess like it was like a grandmother bought the grandson something situation. The grandson didn't even have a vibe, so he's like, "Fuck it, I just don't want it. Get rid of it." Right? Bought like two base stations for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Really nice. <laughs> they were packaged still in the original like packaging and stuff. So I was like, oh, wow. Cool. Nice. Yep. I, I always find those deals in LA, dude. Always. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no. So, <laughs> you know, way home. We almost get hit by a car in LA. Fine. Very funny. Very good. Um, <laughs> um, take those home. And then I bought the trackers on Amazon because I could not find the trackers used anywhere. So that's why I had to buy the trackers brand new. 300 motherfucking dollars. Yep. Oh, my God. It was awful. Um, <laughs> and I bought... I tried as long as hard as possible not to buy the track straps. Um, oh, for I the did too. Time I did. Too, I bought. But, you know, I you, bought you camera. I bought the camera like screws for like a pack. A pack of them for like five bucks on Amazon. And I like found like an old pair of shoes and I put a hole through it. And I was like, "All right, let's do." This. <laughs> <laughs> I found a belt. Put a hole through it. Let's do this, <laughs> right? Um, and you would think, okay, it worked, and he was fine with it, right? Fucking hated the program that that you had to use because every time you launched in VR, you'd have to sit there for like five ten minutes going <laughs> <laughs> because the the place the play uh, the what do you call it play spaces play spaces yeah were very different very different yeah right I had a friend so, who who had to do something similar and and synchronizing the two play spaces was. He always just said it was it was just a bitch. It's a fucking nightmare, and that is what made me get a vibe. <laughs> right? I've been hearing all this great stuff. I've been I've been like hearing nothing but good stuff about the vibe. Oh, it's so good. It's so much better than the the Oculus, and you get full body right um, support. 
right? And the only gripes I'd heard were about the controllers, but I didn't hear much. I got myself yeah. a Vive. I was doing nothing but complaining for months. Really? Months. Everyone knew me. In, in my circle, everyone knew me as the guy who would shit on the Vive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my argument was, dude, I've, I've owned, like, at that point, like, four different VR headsets. The fucking consumer version of the Oculus. The DK version of the Oculus. The, the Lenovo headset. And now the Vive. And the Vive was absolutely the fucking worst of all of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because, you know, you're told, like, one, one thing that I was right off the bat was the Oculus had the diffusion filter on the, on the, the screen. Vive does not, so you get right. the screen, right? So you straight up, the first thing you notice yeah. is pixels everywhere. Yeah. Like, the whole fucking thing is you're looking not through a screen door, you're looking through a cheese grater. <laughs> yeah, that's right. About right. Yeah, and so I, I was like complaining about that, and I was like, all right, whatever. Um, I just deal with it, I guess. Two weeks into using the Vive, the left controller, um, so the Vive has this infamous issue with the controller that the plastic will wear out over time, and you can no longer click it. Really? Right. And the fix is to take apart the dial. And put a plastic piece under the center and put the dial back together. Huh. I, I never actually had that happen to mine. I'm actually having the issues start to happen with mine. Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> yep. It, is, it is a widespread fucking problem. And I, I would lucky, not then. let up about it. I would not let up about it. It was the worst. And um, so then I, it moved from me dogging on Vive to just me dogging on HTC as a whole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And my ultimate argument is name one good product HTC has ever made. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because after Valve moved from HTC to go work on their own thing, which the index was in the works at the time, production on Vive like products dropped. Like like not production of making them, but the quality. Awful. Really? Absolutely awful. Because the Vive that I had bought was a Gen 1, right? 2016 okay. Vive, but the controllers, I think they were a newer generation because they had the blue strap on them, not the gray one, right? Oh, interesting. Um, so they were a blue. I assume that they they broke the controllers, had to buy new ones, and then they were like, mm. "Fuck it, I'm just gonna sell the whole thing." Fuck it, right? I bought yeah, the Vive. I, like I had the gray straps. I didn't actually know that there were. Uh, yeah, there's. A, that's how you strap. can tell they're Gen Two. The Gen the Gen uh. Two has blue. And the Gen One has gray. Right. Okay. That's how you can tell the difference between Gen Ones and Gen Twos. Um, so I had the blue strapped, um, controllers, right? With the, if you look, took off the headset and looked at the date it was made, it was 2016 or something like that. The headset was mm -hmm. fine, right? Nothing was wrong with the headset ever, but the controllers, I mean, that was outside of like how it was supposed to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> controllers were dog shit. Absolutely dog shit. They're dog water. I absolutely hate it. I have, the, I have the same controller still. And as gags, I'll throw them across the room. That's how fucking <laughs> awful they are. And I'll, I actually, I'll literally, now they still mention it. I think, um, <laughs> I think I must have. I think I probably actually got my headset at the end of 2016 because I uh, my Vive because I uh, see. So you you might have gotten lucky because I think you might have the Gen One controller. Yeah, no, Those... I'm sure I have Gen One control. Well, I don't have it anymore. I, I ended up selling it to a friend when I I, I bought the Index. But um, but yeah, they had the gray straps, 
and yeah. um yeah back when valve was overseeing production right <laughs> <laughs> right so it, <laughs> it's dog water dude it was awful it was the worst experience ever right and that was like probably the next thousand hours in vr was the vive version one or like you know the, the vive one um eventually i stopped playing vr all that much um and you know i'd hop on all that all that you know every now and then in 2019 is probably when i stopped um because apex legends came out and i just got sucked into that for like uh, years. oh yeah yeah so everyone was like hey where's desolate and i'd come on like every now and then every friday or like every other friday I'd be like hey it's desolate i haven't seen you in forever and then I'd leave for another, like, two weeks, and I'd come back, hey, it's Tesla, I haven't seen you forever. I'd leave for another two weeks. Same <laughs> people, run some repeat, me get drunk, et cetera, yada, yada, right? Rack up, like, another thousand hours just doing that every other Friday for two years. Um, and eventually, I got the Vive Pro. I found the Vive Pro on Craigslist. Uh, or was it, like, OfferUp? He was selling it for, like, 600 bucks. I said, hey, I don't need the controllers, because I had bought index controllers on as soon right. as they became available, <laughs> <laughs> I bought them, right? I didn't want those the fucking wands. Yeah. They're uh, they're dog water, dude. <laughs> they're dog the shit. Only thing, right? The only thing those wands are good for, uh, or at least maybe if you have the Gen 1. Beat Saber. Is Beat Saber, yeah, Beat Saber. Yep, absolutely. Just Beat Saber. I, I want to be honest with you. I actually... Holding a beer. My thing That's is, it. when I'm playing Beat Saber, though, I hold the controllers backwards. That's weird. I don't know if that's weird. Probably get a better grip that way. I yeah, you're, do not. You're I don't wrong, like playing Beat Saber like this. But <laughs> you're wrong. I, it's okay to be wrong. That's fine. That's fine. I can be wrong. I'm just saying. It's like, yeah, see, he has, a, he has Gen 2s. They have the blue strap. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I, when I see this, I'm like, I think club. I don't that's know. Why, that's probably why Gorn Fair was enough. so popular. Fair enough. <laughs> right? It, it was it was it was a bad experience. I needless to say, Oculus Consumer Version One was probably my best experience of VR up until when I got my Vive Pro, and mm. uh, I got it for like three hundred bucks because I told the guy, "Hey, I don't need the base stations and I don't need the controllers. Can you send me just the headset?" And he's like, "Okay, three hundred bucks." So I told nice. him, "Hey, the the controllers sell for like one fifty each anyway. Probably you know recuperate money just selling them separately." I don't want this fucking Fuck that. <laughs> I, think, right? I think Vive just came out with a new uh, Pro version. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, the, the Vive Pro 2. But, yeah, Vive I kind of want two. it. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I have the it. Index. I love it's, the Index. It's, it's wonderful. It would, it's not a competitor to the Index. I'd say it's very similar to the Index. Yeah. So if you yeah, already have an Index, has, there's no reason. But it has wireless, my dude. <laughs> Which is cool. No. Uh, I haven't seen wireless for the index yet. Well, no, if doesn't it does, the Vive because it because be doesn't the Vive actual like the wireless Vive thing work on the index? Oh, I thought I it don't did. No, I will have to look into that because that would be really cool if it did. Yeah, look into it because I I thought it did. If I'm not mistaken, I'm like ninety percent sure it does, but I could be wrong. Hell um, yeah. Do your research. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've been on the Vive Pro for. Um, about a year maybe. Um, loving it. Great, great little headset. I've had oh, to yeah. replace the wire twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I did so, have to replace the wire for my index. Um, 
a couple of months ago. It was still under warranty, good. so I just RMA'd it, and um, they sent my my new cable within like a week or two. Yeah, my my new my new gripe with VR is my base stations because they're 1.0, um, and I just need to upgrade to 2.0, but I'm too cheap. Um, because you'll notice actually whenever I do full body, I'll constantly fly away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another thing with um the Vive one or no 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 with the uh with the the knuckles controllers. I don't know if you've if you've uh, experienced it. Or if you're using full body and the knuckles controllers, sometimes the knuckles controllers will try to connect to your body dongles, and that'll fuck up your your tracking. I've you only I've had it happen in the reverse actually where um. My trackers would try to connect as my controllers. Um, oh. And uh, the fix I found for that is uh, just turn on the setting where your controllers never turn off due to inactivity, and then they won't switch over. That negates the thing I said about battery life earlier, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> 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 but no, no. Um, it's because... Um, if I if I understand it properly, it's because the index controllers, even though they work with Steam VR, aren't programmed properly to work with Vive products. Um, oh, so they'll try to connect to, you know, anything else <laughs> <laughs> um, before they try to connect to the headset. So I yeah, have to, I will I, say um, full body. Shit. When I was setting it up, and for most of my friends who set it up, and I helped them with it, it is a bitch to get set up it really is it 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 fucking sucks but once you get it working it's like it's good but i had to i had to redo my setup probably like three or four times it depends on where your your base stations are yeah uh no so i mean more like usb issues oh yes 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 no yeah i I definitely understand that yeah yeah i actually bought a usb card and i think that that it died somehow i i had mine (laughs) set up great oh i was i'd never had that happen before um and it was an asus and i'd always loved asus products um but I, so I ended up, um, I was like, well, fuck, I need a, you know, new motherboard. And this was during, of course, right during the, the hardware shortage in, during COVID. So yeah. I was able to end up, um, I got a little bit of an upgrade. I, I, I upgraded to a, um, uh, I've been Ryzen, yeah. uh, X3700. Yeah. 3700X. <laughs> um, and yeah. you know, of course, n- new motherboard with it. Um, but, uh, I think something was different about the way the motherboard had its bus layout with mm. the, uh, USBs because from then on, um, I constantly was the previous had, board Intel. The previous board was yes. Previous board was Intel. Intel has um, their own USB like uh driver chipset and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's fucking. And so, really <laughs> Yeah, and so I was having this problem where one of my trackers would um, just fly away. And so if it was my hip, my hips would just, you know, do that thing where it sort of like drag you to hell and your hips just like fly yep. away. Um, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the fix I found was I, I kept two of the dongles over at my computer and one of them is actually in my headset. And so it is on a different uh, USB bus. Um, 
and uh, fixed it. <laughs> Me liking this idea, I might steal. So, <laughs> so we're uh, we're reaching around that time to where we're we're about an hour thirty minutes in. Um, so uh, we probably want to ask you, you know, how you doing? How you feeling? If you got anything interesting going on in your life, I'm feeling great. Maybe, about, I um, you have like a. Anywhere people can see any of your art or photography that you'd like to share? Uh, hmm. I, I don't have my photography available because it's, it's again, purely a uh, hobby. Hobby. But um, if you would like, you can follow me on Twitter at um, DLiori. Uh, and I, I do avatar commissions on VRC, mostly furry, of course. Um, and, and so I have some examples of my, my stuff up on there as well. All right, when, and people can just contact you through like instant message on Twitter and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that would be. Fun. Now, now I know, I know we have to end soon, but I do have one more question. I've asked this, I think, the past two podcasts because I'm okay. This is something I am interested in. Have you had any paranormal experiences? Mm. Ah, so I had something that. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I would consider it a paranormal experience or it, it, probably just overactive imagination. I don't know. But um, so, uh, and I actually considered sending you these photos, but um, there were a lot of them. So Ooh. I didn't, but I, I may have to send you them now. But um, I, I think the reason I didn't send them is because I don't have them scanned. So they would just be like my phone's camera picture of a photo. But um I uh I was very interested in uh urban exploration and exploring like abandoned houses and buildings and stuff like that. And okay. th- there was this building, uh this house um that was boarded up and abandoned for years. Uh the whole time I'd been living in this um uh it was I was I was a unit in a quadruplex, so it was kind of like a, a multifamily home. Um, mm. So it's sort of like an apartment, I guess. So um, I I lived in in that place for three years, and um, it was boarded up the entire time. And I always wanted to explore it, um, but just never got around to it. And and one day I I passed by the house and I noticed that one of the windows was unboarded um and so i was like oh oh fuck yeah so that night i um i got all my camera gear together and um uh i even brought my fucking pistol with me because you know i don't know if there's there's gonna be somebody like squatting in that building and and you know um so i go in and uh i had a respirator on as well because sometimes with a lot of abandoned buildings they might have if they're old they might have asbestos or something like that and really best just to be safe so i go like in and um what's that i was making a joke to the oh. <laughs> on my commercials but go ahead <laughs> i um i i was also testing out pushing uh the limits of the film uh so the pushing like i was mentioning before was um underexposing and then overdeveloping the film. And that means you can you can take photos in very low light situations. They end up being a lot more contrast, but um it can be really dark and you can still get photos. 
And so, um, so that's what I was trying with 3200X or 3200 ISO. Um, and it, I, all I had was a flashlight and it was night. So it was, you know, totally dark and it was an overcast day as well. But, um, so I, I spent probably like, well, I, I got in the house, you know, I, I cleared it, made sure nobody else was there. And I took these photos, um, and they're, they're pretty dark. It was, it was really weird. Um, like, uh, someone had, I, I'm assuming they did it to, for the copper, but like they had ripped the wires, like at the, at like a switch, a wall switch, for example, they had ripped the wires out of the wall. And so they were just these like tears going up the wall. Um, the, the doors were haphazardly boarded from the inside. So the outside, I assumed, okay, they put the boards over the, the windows for a hurricane or something, but I, I, ha- I still have no explanation for why the doors were boarded up on the inside. Um, multiple padlocks on the doors. Uh, one of the doors had um, these black drips going. Uh, I hesitate to say down it because it was actually going across the door. Um, and yeah, I got photos of that. Um, there was a bathtub which looked like someone had been murdered in it from all the stains. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting, interesting house. Um, oh, right. And then, uh, there was still, gosh, there was still, um, like plates and cutlery, uh, cups and stuff out on the table as if somebody had left in a hurry. There were papers strewn all over the place. I looked at one of the papers and there was like, it was like a military document. Um, It was weird. It was weird to say the least. But um, so I I spent like an hour, hour and a half inside this house, just taking photos, uh, setting it up, getting the light correct. And um, I wasn't spooked at all. No issue with it. But then as soon as I took the final photo, um, you know, I, I clicked it away. Film starts reeling up um, back into the roll. And I just got this like overwhelming feeling of like, okay, you did what you, you came here to do. Now get the fuck out. And um, it, was, it was very strange. Um, it was just this very like foreboding feeling. Um, and it was immediate. And so I did. I got the fuck out of there. Um, so I, I, I crawled out of the, that window uh in into the the uh the forest at night and it, it it had started raining uh lightly so i walked home um and from then on uh i don't know it just it felt like something had followed me out i couldn't i i had like um sketches like self self portrait sketches from from art classes and and looking in mirrors and stuff like that was i i don't know it, it just they they freaked me out so i had to put all that stuff away i wouldn't look in mirrors for a while after that um again probably just an overactive imagination but it was fucking weird to say the least i've never had an experience well, quite like that before well you do know mirrors are technically considered like portals to the other realm there is that theory yes <laughs> yeah i I don't know if, like, I, I've said this before. Um, I've definitely told Kerma. Uh, I have, like, a um, 
irrational fear of like mirrors and windows, mm-hmm. especially um, windows in the dark, um, and then just like mirrors in general. I don't know if something happened to me in a past life or shit, some <laughs> shit, but like, <laughs> like now, even like while while we're talking a bit, like I'll glance at my camera, I'll just look behind me. I'm like, if I see anything, I'm, I'm bolting. I'm out, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what that was moving behind you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> It's Nicolas Cage, okay? <laughs> Let oh, him be. Cage. There's, there's a Nicolas Cage capello back there. <laughs> yeah, I could see the brow line. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's nuts. I honestly, um, even though you say it, it sounds like like an overactive imagination, I don't think anything in our like human body would just constitute an instant reaction like that. I I think there may have been something that like loomed over you. Whether now, when you did develop the photos, is there anything strange that you noticed, or is is it just like sometimes it's too dark to tell? Uh, I mean, the photos themselves are very strange. Um, I mean, just the content in them. Uh, I think there's one photo that has one of those dot things that are supposedly or- supernatural or paranormal. Yeah, I it could have just been dust. I don't know. Um, I think it's probably just dust, but, um, well, the thing is, is you were, were you using any type of like flash or like light box or anything when you're taking the pictures? I had a single flashlight and that was my only light source. Um, was, I, I did have a flash photo, on the camera, but I don't think I used it for any of these cause I don't particularly like the look of flash. When you took the photo that constituted that like dust particles, mm-hmm. did you have light on or was that one of the experimental? So I had to have light on for all of these because if I didn't have any light on, then um, it was just total black. Um, but and, uh, again, the la- the light was just a, a dim flashlight, which for photography is um, it's sure. it's it's next to nothing. Yeah. yeah. Was um now no was that like dust particle? Was it surrounded by other dust particles, plural, or was it I, just one? I don't remember. I would have to look at it again. Um, yeah. That, but it was in the bathroom, which was the creepiest I'm, room of the whole house. So <laughs> I am, like, super interested. In yeah, I'll, I'll send them over. They, yeah. I, I might have to scan them first because I need to anyway. I mean, even if you, you know, um, we, am I, I know this is probably, like, a weird time to ask this. Are we able to put them on screen on the podcast as we talk about them, like, for the video portion? Because, like... I would, I would love to. Do I have permission from the author? Yeah, let me look at them again because I think one of them has me in it. But um, yeah, no I, will, I will, I uh, will, I'll, I'll we'll, let you know we'll, after. We'll the keep show. you uh, anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just have you pose like in VR chat the same pose, and we'll paste it over it and make it black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll put the AirPods on the side again. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, thank you for that. We definitely appreciate oh, the yeah. stories and uh, it's interesting ones for sure. We're super excited to see those photos, though. That's that's oh, yes, yeah, yeah. very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Every every week we watch like, like Nuke's top five and like slapped ham. So watch like paranormal stuff. I'd love to see it. I don't love to be it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, um, I'm, I'm. I'm super I, I I've ever since I was a kid I've loved scary stories. So I um I read no sleep, I listen to creepypasta narrators, all that, and at this point I'm like 
Um, I actually, I, I want to be scared. Like there's, there's few things that will scare me anymore. And I, I want to have like a really fucking scary experience, <laughs> but I, I actually learned recently that I live next to a, uh, a Canyon that used to have or house an asylum, um, that was knocked down. Um, because, uh, I guess, well, the, the first story is that it was native Americans that were just murdered in that Canyon. Um, and then there was an asylum place there later on. Um, and then it was knocked down due to, um, there was cult activity in the area, specifically <laughs> the KKK. <laughs> Whoa, um, shit. Yeah. And, and I guess Fuck. everyone knew this except for me. And I've literally grown up in this town. So <laughs> like, it's like a literal thing. Like if you search up like, um, Turnbull Canyon, it is like a big fucking like thing. Like if you go there now, um, you can find the gate that would originally lead you to the asylum, but it just leads you to like rubble. Well, yeah, I do have. Like, um, you can hear like shit out there, and I'm just like, nope. I do have one uh, photo set. <laughs> I you just reminded me of it with that, but um, it was the first photo set I did um at any sort of abandoned location, um, and it was at an abandoned slaughterhouse. Um, and I, I took the whole roll of film, uh, went back, developed it and I found something interesting where after I developed it, um, there were these ghostly streaks across the images, um, which they looked weird. I'll show them to you. (laughs) They looked real world. I figured out what the, what it was. Um, <laughs> spoiled it now. <laughs> I, I literally when, got chills for a second. Like, like my hair. I, yeah, when I had, um, uh, it must have happened when I was loading the reel uh, to develop Scratched the it. film in in total total black, um, because uh, at the stage of which you have film, you can't have any dark light at all, uh, or you can't have any like amber lights or anything. Uh, no light at all. And so w- I think what must have happened was uh, it loaded off center maybe and um, it caused parts of the film to be touching other parts of the film. And so when it was developed and then fixed, the parts of the film that were touching didn't get any of the um, developer on it and then the fixer w- washed it away. And so um, it left these like really ghostly streaks. And I spent the next year or two trying to recreate that with um, film. Uh, and I got some some decent results, but never anything as good as that first. So it, it could still be possibly something else then? Possibly. <laughs> Unlikely, but possibly. <laughs> what do you think? Is it real? <laughs> Or just an elaborate hoax. <laughs> I'll, I'll let the I'll let the viewers decide. <laughs> All right. So so with that, we are um, going into uh, the hour forty three mark. So thank you so much for for being on here Absolutely. with us, Lori. We really appreciate great. it. Um, like you said, the people can find you at Twitter, um, twitter.com slash, uh, what was it again? It's Liori? The Liori. T-H-E-L-E-O-R-I-I. Alrighty, and then um, 
You uh, you, you do VR chat model commissions, and yes. uh, you just uh, you just post um, you know, you're you're good, you're good, good memes on there, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Whatever you want. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching. It's much appreciated, and we will see you in the next pod. Thank you. Have a good one.